0: Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports car podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod book, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are going to talk to you about what happened in the wild card round. And then also what's coming up in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. But, Brad, it's uh, it's a pretty sad episode for both of us, as uh, both of our teams have uh, have been eliminated from NFL postseason. Uh, we both definitely had uh, higher hopes, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, they just didn't come to fruition, and that's okay. You know, that's all right. Anyways, we'll talk about that soon. But, Brad, uh, first things first, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. Uh, a little tired today, but – You know, just working on things to do for uh, the ministry here at uh, Owensboro. And, uh, you know, uh, so I'm I'm excited, busy all at the same time. But it's been good. I'm a little sad the Steelers lost, but I moved on from that uh,
0: on Monday. So no need for me to dwell on that. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm trying to do uh, as best as possible. uh, That is. Brad, right before we got on, we had some breaking news a huge trade. Um, we really haven't even, like, thought about trying to divulge into, like, what our thoughts are about this. So, you I have to save it for maybe next week. But a uh, huge four-team trade in the NBA, Brad. Uh, the Nets, they get James Harden from the Houston Rockets. The Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, uh, Radonins – uh, uh, am I, I'm not saying that right at all, I'm sure. Anyways, four first-round picks and four draft swaps. Brad, that's uh, – wow. I mean, that is a load. Also, the Cavs, they get Jared Allen and Tyron Prince. And then the Pacers get Karis Levert. um Brad, again, it, it, I, I think it's it's awesome to – it's awesome to see – uh, such a big trade, I think, you know, I mean, between four teams. But honestly, um, Brad, I, the only word that really comes to my mind is is how kind of ridiculous I think this trade is. I mean, it's huge. Uh, don't get me wrong. But I think it also I, – I think first – I think draft picks and whatnot, um, I I think that they're really I, – I don't think that they mean that much in the NBA personally, um, especially to a team who – is probably going to be having championships aspirations for the next four years um, in the nets, by the way, I'm glad I picked the nets in the NBA preview show to go to the finals. Uh, if you want to learn who I have going to the finals with them out of the West and also uh, who I have winning, go check out the NBA preview show. Uh, you'll find it uh, in the archives of anywhere. You can uh, find our, uh, podcast and whatnot, but Brad, what is your thoughts on this trade, real quick? And then we'll we'll jump into what we well, only what we planned on talking about. Uh, first thing here,
1: yeah, I think the Nets are definitely in a, in a win now mode. I mean, they don't even know where Kyrie Irving is, he's in a potential quarantine, and that's just off of what they think they know. Uh, the NBA is that, um, and so I mean, he could just be there, could be a guy who just partners up again with KD. Uh, we saw that happen in Oklahoma City, and it worked out well. Um, So that could definitely be a a plus for them, but definitely in a win-now mentality. Um, Yeah, draft picks might not mean much, but I mean, tell it to Oklahoma City, you know, they they got a lot of draft picks uh, trading everybody away last year. And uh, I don't even think they're uh, in the top 10 right now, or at least the top eight for sure, in the Western uh, standings as of right now. So, um, you know, it's going to be something the Rocket fans are going to deal with. go back to the years of what, two, maybe 2002 to to 2012 or whatever, 13, whenever they got Harden. And so, uh, so yeah, so um, not a bad trade. Um, I thought it was weird that the Patriots got rid of so many people, but, um, yeah, I, I, it's good that there's trade. I think it needed to happen. No one wants to see lethargic players. Um, you might even see that Kyrie Irving if he doesn't get back to it. Um, you know, playing with the Nets, he's been out for personal reasons, for un- for unknown personal reasons, and so uh, hopefully this will help motivate James Harden to play well, and uh, you know, be worth wa- be somebody worth watching this season.
0: I, I agree, and uh, well, you know, we'll have to reach out to Tyler Smith, uh, a frequent guest on this podcast, who uh, you know he covers the Indiana Pacers. I definitely get his thoughts on that. Um, but either way, uh, yeah. Let Let's move off of that, Brad. Uh, we had a college football national championship game last night. Devontae Smith, uh, I think he was obviously the right choice for Heisman, um, as you picked him to win the Heisman. I still stuck with Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah, talking about talking about Devonte Smith. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I, even though you said that he had a couple of Heisman people around him, uh, like Najee Harris and uh, and uh, Mac Jones, but uh, again. I mean, without Devontae Smith, uh, does, does Alabama defense do, do as well? Uh, he had over 200 yards in the first half against Ohio State. And so um, the man was a beast. Uh, I'm kind of glad that, you know, he didn't play most of the rest of the game. I, was, I hate that he had an injury, but it kind of took off a little bit of the Devontae Smith talk as, as it seemed like that was all the commentators want to talk about was, well Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith that. And don't get me wrong, there's a reason why he won the Heisman, but I mean, Sometimes, as a fan, it gets tiring hearing about the same thing over and over again, like Tony Romo or others. But...
0: I agree. I agree with you there. I do. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and obviously Devontae Smith, they, he helped lead Alabama to a national championship. Um, you know, Nick Saban, uh, he is now passed, officially past Bear Bryant uh, for the record. Uh, and, and, you know, so he's got, what, seven national championships now. Um, I guess the question really is, uh, Matt Jones also played a really good game, and I don't want to discredit him either. Uh, but I guess the question really is, Brad, is when will Nick Saban just get tired of winning and uh, and just retire already, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Nick Saban's going to be one of those guys that is kind of good, like Joe pa, Uh not in a sense of winning as much. Joe, Joe Paw was pretty consistent, but, I mean, he pretty much coached all the way up until he was told he couldn't coach anymore at Penn State and died six months later of lung cancer. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Saban coaches as long as he can. And Alabama does want him to go anywhere. I mean, let's just, let's just put that out there. The fans, if Nick Saban left, I think the fans would freak out. Um, But I could see him coaching until pretty much he just can't uh, or, or otherwise, you know? So, I mean, he, even though he's older, uh, he has, he still has good, good control of his program. uh, Something that Joe Paul struggled with towards the end of his tenure. Um, And uh, people still respect him and, and so I don't see any need of him retiring. Uh, the question would be, Is will he get to the point, like kind of like you were saying, Does not necessarily does he get tired of winning, but does he need a new challenge? And that sounds terrible. And if you're an SEC fan, I, I'm not saying SEC is terrible. but At the same time, does he feel like, hey, I need to go to maybe another program that hasn't been good in quite some time. And I want to leave my legacy there as well. Um, or do I stay at Alabama because right now, Obviously, no one's touching us. Um, he showed this year. He showed that uh, six other times, um, except from you know, who knows will, if Paul McCoy got hurt in 2009 championship, uh, what Texas would have won. We don't, we don't know that, but he won it. So in saying that, I mean, he's shown over and over again. And we, I think we mentioned this in another podcast episode of ours, you know, how long at one point they were in the top 10 in college football. It was something like 256 weeks or something like that. So for like 10 years, he's had his program in the top 10. I don't know anybody else nationally who's been able to do that. And so that's what I'm saying, like, as far as the new challenge goes, is he want to go somewhere else and build that same legacy, or does he just want to continue to build on the empire that he's created at, at Alabama?
0: I agree with you there. And I think that too, like, you know, Nick Saban, um, you know, maybe he's a little too old to go and challenge somewhere else. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm discrediting that. But, uh, but yeah, Nick Saban at some point, hey, why? He, he basically built Alabama to basically sell itself. I mean, that that's pretty much what it does is sell itself. I don't think he really has to do a whole lot when it comes to recruiting necessarily because, I mean, what, well, what, what does he got to say? You know, it's like, uh, you know, you can do a quick Google search and see how good we've been. Uh, I mean, I think that he has every class that he's brought in – I think this was an interesting stat, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think every class that he's brought in has won at least one championship. I don't know, Brad, if that's not a selling point, if, if, he, if you can't be sold on the fact that you're pretty much guaranteed a championship, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what else you want. I mean, I'd pick Alabama – over just about anybody else, if I can be guaranteed a championship, that's for sure. But either way, all right, Brad. Let's let's go ahead. Let's give our way too early. College football playoff teams, Brad. I know this is a it's an interesting topic here, um, but we'll go through quickly. Just kind of last year, I, I put Auburn in there. Obviously, I was wrong on that. But uh, let's go through there real quick. My one through four, Brad, is Clemson. I, I think Clemson. I mean, it's just the ACC. I just don't, you know, I just I, I just don't feel like they're as challenged as they might should be i got alabama alabama you know um i I expect them to be there i know that next year could be a time when um when they could when they could possibly um when they could possibly be down but i doubt it i think that they can still be there uh number three ohio state again it's about the big 10 i just don't you know, it's kind of like Clemson and, and, and Ohio State. I think that they just dominate their conferences so much that it's it's hard for me to put anybody else in there. And in uh, number four, I have Oklahoma, who is who – is, I mean, who got better as the season went on and I think should be a lot better next year and should be able to win the Big 12, if not go undefeated as well.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, uh, unless Nick Saban dies or something happens, uh, I have Alabama number one. Uh, You know, he like, I mean, we, I think we've bragged, even though I don't, I'm not Alabama fans. We've talked enough about just his credentials. And so uh, I definitely have them number one going into next year. I really don't see anybody in the SEC really taking too much of a challenge to Alabama. And, uh,
0: I was gonna say, for me, I think Alabama could definitely finish number one. I, I'm mostly doing it for like playoff or for playoff matchups, getting rematch between Alabama, Ohio State, and then get a you know Clemson versus Oklahoma just for a little different of a matchup, even though we've seen those before too.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've seen those plenty of times. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I can definitely see Alabama, Ohio State a go on for. Uh, as far as my two three goes, uh, Clemson probably number two, maybe even finish number three on the year. Uh, number two, I. I I mean, I, if you're looking at like a three or even a four, I feel like you're, there's always that wild card team there. Uh, it's not a whole lot – there's not a whole lot of variety there, but you have like Georgia, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. I mean, they've pretty much have been your main like teams in there as your fourth team. I think OU has a great shot. Um, I think Iowa State has a pretty decent shot as maybe a, a, a team in there to, to face Clemson at the 3C maybe. Um, and so I, I think if I were – if I were not, not that I'm a betting man, uh, I think I think even I think Georgia could even be in there, uh, just because J.T. Daniels will have another year underneath his belt. The defense is is if it was for a defense, uh, they lose Cincinnati. Um, let's just throw that out there. Um, and so, I'm gonna I'm gonna say. You know what? I'm actually going to throw a curveball in here. I'm going to say Oregon is going to be the three seed, and I, I say this, and I know that's like I wasn't talking about them, but the other day I was just looking at the the top 25. It's going to have different teams. I don't know. I just think I just think it's I just have a feeling. Now my feelings have been wrong, but I have a feeling that Oregon could see it's, itself in the CFP for the first time since the inaugural 2014-15 year of the CFP. So I'm going to say Oregon.
0: That's, uh, that's interesting. I I like that. And I think that they are definitely uh, probably looking in honestly at five or six for me, but, uh, but it could definitely get in for sure. Uh, You know, when it comes to the, like say pac 12 and the, and the big 12, it's usually if they, if they slip up, you know, if one of those teams slip up, they're out of it most likely. And so, you know, it's somewhat about the teams who don't slip up, but either way. Okay. All right. So Brad, um, So let's also – so that's our, that's our way too early predictions. Listen, when we do way too early predictions, we definitely can be wrong. Like I said, I, last year I had Auburn. Uh, obviously, I was very wrong about that. Um, either way, um, Brad, I just want to mention, the NHL returns tonight, and we will give our playoff predictions next week uh, on next week's episode. we got some new divisions and whatnot, Brad. We're definitely looking forward to that. We'll kind of talk about the storylines and whatnot to go into this season because um, it is a little different than normal. Uh, well, actually, I guess a lot different than normal. Uh, same way with baseball, too, when it comes back. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the NHL more next week. I know Brad, he's a, he's become a pretty big hockey guy. So, uh, so I, I know he's looking forward to that for sure.
1: I mean, I, I definitely would say I'm a big hockey guy. I've, I've watched hockey since I was little, since growing up with the Flyers uh and then also in college going to a lot of preds games um and so i mean i'm not i couldn't tell you every single thing and i couldn't tell you a lot of rosters uh but i do watch and i do love watching hockey and i'm I'm intrigued by these different divisions i think it's smart that they went this way um one because of covid and the new normal there uh two is i think a lot of these divisions make more sense and so uh, i'm excited about the new season
0: yeah, the Predators have definitely made me more of a hockey fan than I probably ever expected to be. All right, Brad. Either way, uh, the last topic here before we start talking about wild card and divisional football games uh, that took place this past weekend and will take place this weekend, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about him possibly leaving, um, possibly leaving Houston or wanting out. Where could you see him go? We, we don't really have to dive into, like, what our prediction, you know, how the trade would go or anything like that. Just kind of where do you – where would you like to see Deshaun Watson go, Brad, uh, besides the Steelers? Can't say the Steelers. I, yeah, I got to make it actually, a little more I gonna, challenge.
1: I was actually going to say the Steelers, uh, but I agree with you. I think we've talked a little bit about how, you know, him staying in the same conference might not work, uh, might not be want to be seen by Houston. Uh, I think that they have good enough draft picks – I think uh, they're not going to worry where he goes. Uh, they did pay the man a little, a lot of money. So you got to think of who has the cap space. I mean, yes, yeah, like a 49ers wouldn't be too bad um, because, you know, they're probably going to cut Jimmy G if they, if they signed Deshaun Watson, I would think. Uh, and with the receivers they have, I think that's a good fit for, for Deshaun Watson, honestly. Uh, but then you look at uh, maybe Chicago. But, again, I don't know if I'm going to give up too too fast on Mitch Trubisky, honestly. Uh, but him and David Montgomery, I mean, he'd actually had a running game for the first time since he first started. Uh, so putting him and David John- David Montgomery would be good. Uh, then you have what uh, – what is his name? Uh, Allen. Anyway, I'm struggling to think of what his name is. But anyway, the, the receiver, Allen Robinson, that's who I'm thinking of. Uh, he'd have Allen Robinson. He'd have uh, Marooney. He'd have uh, – he'd have the kid from Memphis. Um, and so I think, honestly – Chicago would be a good a good ideal spot for him. If I'm wanting to win right away, I just don't know what Houston would get in return from Chicago, um, and so I think they're my they're probably my two places uh, off the top of my head. I just I can't think of anybody else who just just absolutely needs a quarterback maybe outside of those teams that have the personnel around them that they can win now because Deshaun Watson is not going to go and go anywhere that he's in the same situation he is now. And so like oh well you can go to the Jets. Why would he want to go to the Jets? let's just be real. Um and so I know if the Jets pick up a couple good options maybe. But again, I think he's going to want to go somewhere that he wants to win right now. Um and uh, I think 49ers could be an opportunity and the Bears.
0: Um I agree with I agree with you there on the 49ers. That's actually my pick as well because I I could kind of see them maybe uh, giving him to the Lions possibly, but yeah, he's not going to want to go somewhere where uh, where he's you know not going to win right away and everything like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and and like you said, I mean, again, if you want to go somewhere where you win, I mean, I don't know what's intriguing about Detroit except for maybe DeAndre Swift.
0: No, I I agree. I mean, if they could resign Kenny Galladay, I guess. Um, But I I don't know. You know, I don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to stick around there. Um, But, you know, yeah, if he's going to get traded out of conference, I would think. I mean, but, you know, ironically, if he went to the Bears, how ironic could that be? Because they could have had him. You know, the Bears could have had him, but they picked Trubisky instead. Um, So, how ironic would it be, though, if Trubisky were to maybe kind of go to Houston? I I think he wouldn't have to be traded. um, But, Either way, I mean, you know, that would just be really, really ironic and really just uh, crazy. I, I know the Dolphins have kind of been, you know, maybe in a little bit of talk. So that would be a very interesting trade. Um, but again, I just don't know if I see it in conference. When you got a franchise quarterback like that, um, you want to see him as least as mine as possible. And so him going to in conference team just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, personally, to me. Uh, but either way, yeah, that's Deshaun Watson here. Let's talk about the wild card games, shall we? Um, and then we will we'll go to break. And when we come back, we'll we'll talk about the we'll talk about six teams that were eliminated. But either way, the wild card game review: four out of the six away teams won. Browns they probably had the most impressive win. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just discuss these. How did you feel about the wild card games? And like I said, we'll go to break right after uh, to um, to. You know, we'll we'll talk about the teams who are eliminated. So I mean, you know,
1: just yeah. Yeah, I mean honestly I think one game in particular really sucks, but I won't go to that one. Um but as far as the other ones go, I mean just thinking about uh what happened. I mean the Bills game, I, I was sort of I, I was sort of surprised it was as close. But then again, I mean the Colts, eleven and five. How many teams are facing the seventh seed that's eleven and five every year, you know, year in and year out. It's not happening a whole lot. Uh, the, the Colts did have a good team and they had one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, so not super surprised there. Um, and then when you move on to the next game uh, with the uh, Rams and, and Seahawks, I, I mean, I picked the Rams. I, I thought going into that game that the uh, the Seahawks were struggling. Um, and if I know people might laugh at this, but honestly, I think you can even go to the fact that they look a lot like the Steelers where they had a good record, but I think, how much did you actually trust them going into the playoffs um and they lost and so uh then the final i mean you had buccaneers at, at the football team uh washington no one expected that to be very close i mean tyler hennecke made it somewhat close to the end uh but again the bucks took care of business there they move on to play the the uh the saints which is the first time i think they met in the playoffs oh the, i know for sure breeze and the brady met in the playoffs i don't know the last time the Saints and the Falcons have played together and are played against each other in the playoffs. The Ravens and Titans, looked. At, the Titans went up 10-0. I felt really good about my pick, really good. And then they sucked it up. So in saying that, I mean, is Lamar Jackson, has he, has he gone over his playoff uh, curse, whatever you want to call it? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but what I'm going to say is before we go into wild card predictions, the Ravens and the Bills game is probably my game of the weekend because you have the two hottest teams going against each other. That should be a game. Uh, the Saints and the Bears. I mean, the only thing cool about that game was it—it was on Nickelodeon, and you got to see a bunch of slime. Uh, other than that, I didn't really care for that game. I thought that game was kind of boring. And you can see—I I think this more than anything else—you can see uh, with the Saints being at home how much home field advantage hasn't mattered in 2020-21 because of COVID without the fans. I mean, I think if, if the Superdome is packed out in there, uh, it's—I don't even think this game is close. I don't think it's 21 to nine. I think it's something like 42 to 17, maybe. Um, and then the Browns and the Steelers. left. the Browns went up 28 nothing. I had to put my daughter to sleep. I thought it was a good time for my daughter to sleep. And then I woke up at 10:30, saw the score, wasn't surprised, went to bed. So in saying that, as a Steelers fan, people are like, "Well, they were overrated." Uh, maybe, maybe so. I don't think anybody had the Browns going up 28 nothing in the first quarter. I don't think anybody had that. Um, and you know. It is what it is. You lose some, you win some. I I hope, I know a lot of people think Big Ben's done. Look, he threw four interceptions. I get it. He did not play well the first half. He wants to finish him with 500 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, anybody would take that stat line in a normal game. Um, But I think the fact that we've given up 45 to the Browns, we gave up 45 to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, and we gave up 45 the year before to – I can't. I can't remember who it was, but regardless, we've to up 45 points the last three years to some bad teams, so I think you're going to see a lot of change there. We can talk about that later another time, but I think if you're a Steelers fan or you follow the Steelers, you're going to see a lot of change uh, going through the offseason. I mean, they have a lot of ton. Of, they have a ton of free agents, but I think you're going to see a lot of changes in the coordinators and office and office uh, jobs as well.
0: Um, yeah. So at the Colts and Bills game. The Colts. Um, you know, I mean, they really they kind of failed it. I, you know, the analytics uh, kind of failed to the analytics uh, game. Um, Frank Wright kind of, I, I guess, I think he overthunk it a little bit. Um, and so that kind of, I mean, that really ruined the game for him. A good performance by the Bills, though. I mean, you know, I mean, they're going to face a Red Hot Ravens team who maybe the maybe the Bills should have had a better performance, though. I, I think it worries me a little. Um, and then the, the Rams-Seahawks game, um, I had the Seahawks pick, but I, I, it was mostly because I thought, well, if Ram, if the Rams – if Jared Goff didn't play, that's why I picked the Seahawks. But, honestly, I mean, Jared Goff played, uh, and, well, the Rams won. So, um, so you know, I'm cold with not getting that one right. Um, but either way. Uh, and then the other one was – oh, Lordy. Uh, Washington versus the, uh, the Buccaneers. Um, the Bucs, I mean, they won that game. Probably should have won it by more than what they did but they didn't, and I think that that should be kind of scary if you're a Bucs fan. Um, and then also uh, the Titans in the Ravens game. I mean, history repeated itself. That's why I picked the Ravens to win. History just repeated itself. Um, and, yeah, uh, the Bears, um, you know, I mean, the Bears-Saints the Bears game, like you said, I mean, the Nickelodeon, being on Nickelodeon, I think was probably the only cool part about it um that was not a good game but um yeah i mean it was cool though nickelodeon thing was kind of cool uh and then also the steelers browns gave brad i i i don't know if i'm surprised the browns won but i definitely am surprised that they were able to 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 put such a whooping on the steelers um it gave me flashbacks to them versus my titans uh the browns versus my titans and uh and that that you know, I wasn't very happy about that. You know, I, uh, that, uh, you know, having, having flashbacks a lot of that game was just, uh, you know, was bad, but either way, um, yeah, Brad, let's go to break and we'll come back and we'll uh, just kind of say something about the six teams eliminated from the playoffs. All right, folks. And we are back. Brad, first up is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, for me, um, you know, I, I just want to say that they, it was an experimental year, they brought in Philip Rivers to see if he could try to help them get over the hump. They did make the playoffs. Um, could they possibly bring back um, Philip Rivers again? I guess there's a chance of it. I think Anthony Casanzo, he retired, so maybe maybe that helps. Maybe Philip Rivers is like, well, I'm I'm losing. A- Him losing one of his best offensive linemen, I think, is is a big deal, and it might make him not want to return. But either way, it was an experimental year. They made the playoffs, so I don't know. Was it, was it, you know, was it a successful experiment? Uh, What's your thoughts on the Colts?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't think the Colts had a bad year. Um, Beginning of the year, you know, especially after loss to the Jazz, everybody was complaining about Phillip Rivers. And we're paying this man twenty-five million dollars to pay worse than worse than Jacoby Brissett. Um, You know, honestly, I think uh, I think kind of like you were saying with the the playoff game. I think there's just too much over. I just, I just think they overthought the whole season, um, whether it was who they're playing at running back or uh, how they're going to play call a play or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, uh, and I would say going forward, I mean, I think they have good people on that roster. Um, they have a defense that did well. Um, they had good offensive players. I mean, uh, Jonathan Taylor was amazing. In fact, he had the best rookie season since Edgerrin and James back in 2000, or uh, 99 actually. And so, I mean, they haven't had a run game in, in Indianapolis Colts since Edrian and James played for them. Uh, they had that good running back, you know, three-headed combination, Jordan Wilkes, uh, Naheem Himes. Um, you know, yeah, and I, I really don't think you can put the whole loss on, on Phillip Rivers. Now he didn't play great, but um I don't know if I put it all on him. And so um I like you said, I think it comes down to the the playmaking ability, or not the playmaking ability, the play calling abilities by the coach. Um, so I don't know. I think you bring back maybe Philip Rivers one more year. Um I, and I'm kinda on the same side of the Steelers, honestly with Big Ben, but I think you bring back one more year and just see what you can do. I mean, worst you can do is uh, not make the playoffs. The, the best you can do is win a Super Bowl. I think, I don't know if they win a Super Bowl, but I think it gives them good chances to at least get to the AFC Championship if they keep them around one more year. Um, so yeah, so I think I think if I were, if I had a word for the Colts going into next year, it'd be promising um, because I think they have a lot of young talent. I mean, m- maybe they can get a healthy tight end between Trey Burton and Jack Dole, but I mean, Michael Pittman did well for him. Zach Pascoe came alive towards the end of the season, did well in the playoff. The playoff game, um, you know. And then you have Ty Hillman, when he's healthy; he's good. And so, in saying all that, um, and yet, I, I don't know. I think you have good enough playmakers on both sides of the ball to be to be good next year.
0: Yeah, I, I actually think, I mean, Phillip Rivers, I mean, I could see them bringing him back one more year and drafting somebody. I know Matt Jones has been kind of linked to them some, so I could see them maybe drafting a quarterback and uh, and keeping Phil around one more year and help him maybe groom them. Um, also, the Seattle Seahawks, Brad, Um, do you got a word to kind of I, – I, for me, I think it's just definitely underachieving. And, um, you know, their defense was the problem for most of the season, but their offense seemed to be the problem at the later part of the season. I mean, they even fired their offensive coordinator. So my word is um, definitely um, underachieving, but um, couldn't figure out – couldn't – they couldn't get on the – their offensive defense just could not get um, together. They could not work together – uh, for most of the season. It was either one or the other being the issue.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that for sure. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think if I had one word for them, uh, maybe deceptive. And, and I say that because at the beginning of the season, they looked amazing. When they went 5-0, they looked really good. Uh, and I feel like they were a different team at 5-0. and And you say, well, look at their record. Yeah, I just went with their record. But I think overall – I mean, they showed even smaller teams. Uh, they were just two different teams throughout the whole year. Um, like I said, when you look really good at 5-0 and you look like a team that doesn't belong in the playoffs by the end of the year, a.k.a. the Steelers, I just think the Steelers and the Seahawks look, looked very similar. Like, I just think they looked very similar this year. Um, but, yeah, so uh, next year, you know, I would even pose the question to Seahawks fans. Uh, does Russell Wilson come back as a Seahawk? Do you see him going somewhere like the Steelers to uh, Detroit to uh, – I don't know, anybody, anybody. Uh, Houston, do you see them trade up, try to get Deshaun Watson in Seattle and uh, give them Russell Wilson in return? I mean, I don't, I don't know. But uh, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Russell Wilson was moved in the offseason.
0: You know, that might be a little bit of a hot take, but, I mean, Russell Wilson does seem like maybe he's starting to be on his decline. Um, and, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but either way, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, the Seahawks just like I said, just seemed like they were um, never together 100%. All right, so the Washington football team, what what's your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, you know I, I think surprising, I, I think if I were a fan of the Washington football team, I would have been surprised if uh, if someone would have told me they were they were going to be in the playoffs. Uh, I was surprised that Alex Smith could come back and play. I was surprised that we would release Dwayne Haskins middle of the year. Uh, I'm surprised we had a guy named Tyler Henneke starting for us and playing for us in the play, well not starting in the playoff game, but playing in the playoff game, um, finish the game. Uh, yeah, so I think there's a lot of surprises there. Uh, surprising that they do as good with Ron Rivera getting a cancer diagnosis before the season started. Um, so if I were to Washington football team, I would say that the word to define my season was surprise. The fact that you can still get into the playoffs at seven to nine, I would be surprised. And so surprise is my word for Washington football team. Uh, next year, um, you know, I think if they can get a solid quarterback and a solid uh, offensive coordinator, uh, I think they're just a stone throw away of, of making some noise in NFC and they have a solid defense, they have a solid defense. And then you have Logan Thomas, who's going to be a stud. Um, he, he was even doing well with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins thrown to him. And if you can get a, another decent receiver to, to pair up with Terry McLaurin, uh, I think this could be a good team. So um, I would say uh, one—they're one move away from being. I would say for next year, where would be like one move. They're one move away from being a team that can make noise in the NFC. NFC.
0: Um, I mean, I like that you say surprised. I kind of. I kind of say not needed because I don't necessarily think that they're that them making the playoffs was needed. Um, I think Alex Smith was going to win comeback player of the year. Um, I think Ron Rivera. I think them making the playoffs. Ron Rivera probably deserves to win coach of the year due to the fact that for one, uh, he took over as a rookie coach. Well, not rookie coach. You know, uh, he took over as first year with this team and. You know, he dealt with cancer, having cancer. He still got this team to the playoffs. But I just say not needed because I think that they needed more than what a, you know, what a draft pick from being a playoff team is going to get you. Um, Now, granted, I mean, they're probably going to pick what, like 18th, I guess, Um, or something like that. I I don't know how that works. I I think think after that. Anyways, either way, Brad, I just think that, Great season for them. They made the playoffs. Maybe they shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't have. Really, um, but they did. Um, it. I. I mean, the highlight of the season is the fact that Alex Smith got to play. I, I mean, if he has to hang it up, um, you know, so be it. But I mean, he got to play, and so I think. Uh, I think that that defines their season. Alex Smith um, defines their season this season. I think, um, and he's always been a resilient player and so I think uh, I think you know he just he defines their season and probably defines their team this year also Taylor Heineke he deserves a shot uh, next year for sure all right next team is my Tennessee Titans Brad um, obviously the season didn't end the way I wanted it to end I mean you have a 2,000 yard rusher but ironically Brad um, ironically let me let me just throw like three or four facts out here I think it's a disappointing season to a degree But the Titans, they finally got past nine wins. They finally win the division for the first time in 12 years. They get to the playoffs. They have a 2,000-yard rusher. Um, They get a home playoff game. You know, those are all things that excite me as a Titans fan. Maybe, hopefully, we see a, a turning point. Don't know if we do, I mean, you know, you and I have kind of talked a little bit about the schedule next year, and it's, you know, it's not an easy one, that's for sure. But it's a dis- – but what I, I – I don't want to say, like – I don't want – I think it's disappointing because they didn't go further. But also at the same time, I think it's I, – I want to say, can you say that they got over the hump because they finally got past nine wins? They finally won the division. So can I – could I say that they are over the hump? They're over the nine and seven, whatever you want to call it. I mean, at some point they're going to go back to that, and they might do that this season but or this next season. But, I mean, could could I say over the hump? They got over the hump. Is 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 something good to, to say about them?
1: Are you asking me if, if they got over the hump?
0: Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, could could you say that they got over the hump because they finally won the division and they finally got past nine wins. Now, over the Super Bowl hump – um, no, obviously not. But, you know, they finally got to a, they finally got to, they finally got past being mediocre. Could, could you say that? I think that they were a little better than mediocre this year.
1: I mean, I, I would say, and I wouldn't, I'm, I'm trying to be nice here, Robert, but I would say that if a team is happy that they got over the hump, that they're not mediocre anymore, uh, this shows you kind of the, the the state of the organization. I mean, if I'm a Steelers fan, and maybe it's just because I'm a Steelers fan, but if I were nine and seven for like four or five years, and we got over the hump to ten, no ten wins, but still losing the first round, I don't, I wouldn't consider that over the hump. So, oh, sorry, eleven wins, and but they still lose in the first round. I, I don't know if I would call that over the hump. Um, you know, I think, I think for Titans, I think you are have to give it a couple of years. And if Abel's a great coach, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I think he's a great coach. You got Derrick Henry, you got a really good offensive line that to get any Pro Bowl vote votes, sadly enough. Uh Ryan Tannehill, I don't think he's elite, but he's he's good for what you need right now. Uh you got good receivers like AJ Brown. I think Corey Davis spoke for his uh his contract this year. Janu Smith, I mean for first, first career, is that his name? Either way, he he did he did well this year, uh, especially after Adam Humphreys got hurt. Uh I if I I mean I think if I think your biggest need is gonna be on defense. And that's what Verable is known for. And he's been able to do a lot i think with a little um and so my thing is if i'm a titans fan i want to see some bigger off seasons signs uh signings on free on uh, defense because uh, i think if you can upgrade your defense to the variable as your coach i think titan's fan will finally get over the hump of being mediocre and you can see them being 11 5 12 and 4 13 and 3 over the next couple of years um I, I think Favre is that good of a coach um that also depends on obviously your offense is Derrick Henry can he continue to do what he's doing can can Ryan Hannah can Ryan Tannehill uh, continue on the the incline that he's on right now as a quarterback despite where he was in Miami um and so uh so yeah that's just my opinion uh that's just my opinion on the home thing but I would say uh, going into next year um, I think they're very much like the Washington football team, but I think they're in a more serious level when I say this. Uh, it's one more move. I mean, I think they can fix some of the moves in the secondary, uh, get some a quality linebacker or two, and get one more defensive end anchored anchor that line. I mean, like you were saying in, in past talks, they haven't really had a, a good pa- pass rush. And so I think if you get a couple of good guys on there, uh, maybe, I mean, hey, the Steelers are losing half their team to free agency. So uh, a guy like Mike Hilton would be a great add, uh, to your secondary, I think, uh, going into the offseason. Um, but, yeah, I think for me, I thought a, a good a good word to find the Titans season this year was Jackal and Hyde. Um, and that was really because I didn't know which Titans team we were going to see half in and half out. Uh, are we going to see a good Titans team in the first half or the second half? Are we going to see the bad a bad Titans team in the first half or second half? And uh, so, again, I think if they can get a couple of better good moves on defense, a rayboy coach where their offense is right now, I think they realistically could be a good team in the AFC.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. We, we definitely have a lot of time to talk about the improvements of each team, that's for sure. Um, what about a Bears team? I, I For me, I, I'm going to keep it short. I mean.
1: That was really short, Robert, really short. <laughs>
0: Uh, sorry sorry anyways definitely a lot of interruptions and whatnot but that's okay um all right so yeah I I mean I am going to keep it short though because the Bears I mean they slip into the playoffs and they showed they showed the type of team that they are because they slipped into the playoffs they didn't really do anything we didn't really give them a chance against the against the Saints um Nagy uh Nagy saved his job does Trubisky is there a chance Trubisky gets a uh I maybe a small contract, maybe a one to two year contract again to just see what's there. Um, I, you know, I, I think this was a saving job type of season, and that's really about it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, and and I think, like I said, I think I think next season for Titans are gonna do really well. Oh, so that's you were talking about, right? So I got distracted the, as
0: well. The Bears,
1: the Bears, the Bears. Oh, yeah, see, so that's why I got distracted. It's the Bears. Oh, uh, no. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm really sold on Matt Nagy. Uh he had one good year. And you can say the same thing with Matt, Mitch Trubisky. He did all right with Mitch Trubisky coming back in this year. I say like I think their organization just needs trust. Like you just need to trust in one quarterback and help develop that quarterback. I mean, I think I'm not saying that the Bears are going to develop Mitchell Trubisky and I the Super Bowl. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl Rex Grossman if people remember that. So I think if you can do that you get the Super Bowl, Mr. Whiskey, you just need the right people in there to develop him. Um, and I think they just need to trust. I, I think their are big words, trust. I mean, you can't keep going back and forth between quarterbacks or they're never going to build up confidence. Um, Nick Foles nor Mr. Whiskey. And so I think I think one word for them this year was just mistrust. I mean, Mitch Whiskey has them at 3-0, and 4-0, and then they put Nick Foles on and then they just kind of fall apart. And like, oh, hey, we should put Mr. Whiskey back in. And so, I mean, I, I would say you can even use mistrust for the Dolphin. I mean, for them to flip flop so much between Fitzpatrick and and Tua, but um, as far as the Bears go, I would definitely say mistrust. One one word they're gonna have to work on going into next year, uh, for me would be just be trust. You you got to trust Mitchell Trubisky. Keep him in all season, and uh, just develop. Bring if you can't do it, Matt Nagy, bring somebody in who can develop Mitchell Trubisky.
0: I like it. I like it. All right, uh, last team here is your Pittsburgh Steelers. How do you feel about them, Brad? I, I, how do you feel about this loss? I think obviously disappointing. Um, possibly the end of an era, um, uh, end of an era, uh, for for Ben Roethlisberger. I know Pouncey looks like he is on his way out, but um, definitely, definitely, I think end of an era. I think uh, you know we talked about it earlier. We talked about it, you know, um, off air that uh, you know could the could the Steelers possibly go from best to worst in the AFC North because um, it does seem like all three of the other teams are getting better, and I, I think that this was. I, maybe this was a sign um, of of the turning point for a team like the Browns. Uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Browns from winning, but the Steelers, I think their season, um, it, I think I want to say roller coaster, Brad, because you know it, it. You got to eleven and zero, you were at the top of the roller coaster, and you were thinking, okay, I got this ride, I have this ride, and then it went down. And at one point in time, your stomach settled and you were good to go. That's when you got the win and you won the division. But then, you know, I, so I, I'm going to say roller coaster type of year and uh, possibly end of an era as well.
1: Yeah, I can agree with you. And we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's due like $44.1 million next year. And I think if he retires or gets cut, the Steelers still have to pay him $24.25 million. Um, so, honestly, at the end of the day, I think we could see a restructure of his deal. Um, And Mike Tomlin was even asked today, like, what do you think about Big Ben? Mike Tomlin being Mike Tomlin's like, we'll we'll just have to see how it goes. And, uh, you know, and so I think Big Ben and Pouncey are going to give it one more year. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, There's also, I mean, come on, like Big Ben's crying on the sideline, him and Pouncey are seen as the last two on the field and Heinz field. you know, they say that they said they're going to play as long as the other person plays, and they'll retire when the other person retires. Um, and so, there's a lot of symbolism, I think, there that people are rooting into. Like, well, because they sat together and Big Ben was crying, you know, that's that's the end of an era because he's they're done. Um, I'm not saying Big Ben's great. I think if you could have had a run game going this year, it would have helped Big Ben. I mean, he he even set a, re- a Steelers record for most completions a game with 47 completions. Um, and that was against the Browns and granted it was comeback time, but, and then, but I think, I think one, I think one word that would describe this season for the Steelers overall was incompetence. And I'm going to say that because of Randy Fincher, I, I have not been a Randy Fincher fan since he got hired. Um, you know, um, I, he was a wide receivers coach and they thought, I guess because the wide receivers are doing well, like Antonio Brown, Brown and man Sanders and, uh, and others, I guess they thought, Hey, he, he's probably gonna be a good play caller. Um, and he's shown year in, year out, he just doesn't do well calling plays. Um, and I hate to, for it to be a scapegoat. I think, uh, hear me out. Like I am, I like Tom, I, I, I think Tom in record wise on a sheet of paper, great coach. I think I struggle with him because for one, he, uh, bound, he really deflects a lot of blame onto other people. Uh, he doesn't take responsibility. And I guess the other part of it is how in the world do we have the talent we have over the last 10 years and we haven't made a Super Bowl appearance since 2011? Like, how do we have Antonio Brown? I mean, even though he's a head case now, one of the best receivers at the time. We had Emmanuel Sanders. We had um, – well, geez, I, I know people were saying probably like, well, if he you, if you was so good, you remember him. We want him going to the Vikings. We had Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Um, I mean, you've had so many good players – On off, and we have you had Heath Miller till 2016-17, and he was a safety valve for the longest time for Ben Montesberger. You have a good defense. I mean, this year even proved it. I haven't necessarily been a big fan of Keith Butler at times. I think at times he's been great. At times when he gives up 45 points to the Jaguars with the Browns, not so great. Um, And I think we have a good defense. I mean, statistically, we're up there in the top three in every category. And so. Um, I don't want to go on too long, so I, I can go on pretty pretty long about this. But I, I would definitely say incompetence, and and I mean even at 11 and 0 that you saw some incompetence. I mean we couldn't even get a run game going. We were like 32nd in the league. We were averaging less than 50 yards a game on and, on the ground. And I think I think when you see that, you understand that Rossberry at the age he's at, and even with sometimes the way he threw the ball, you need a run game. I mean that's how that's how older quarterbacks win. Brad Johnson wins because he had a good running back in Tiki Barber. Um, you, you had, what is it? Uh, Trent Diffler won because he had, uh, what do you have? He had uh, the kid from Tennessee, um, Jamal Lewis. He had Jamal Lewis, a good running back. How does Rex Ryan get to the AFC championships because he had LT and he had Curtis Martin. I mean, these are good running backs. How did the Steelers get to the the, the Super Bowl in 2010, 2010 or 2006, 2010 Jerome Bettis, Hall of Famer. Willie Parker. I mean so my, my point is, is that when you get to a certain age you're going to have to have a good running game. You might say well Tom Brady is 43 and he through for 40 yard, uh 40 touchdowns. Well yeah cuz his is cuz he has a competent offensive coordinator Brian Lichtwood who's willing to utilize his playing calling to get Tom Brady there. Um so anyway, I digress. Uh incompetent, I would say disappointing. Uh everybody else in the world is going to say overrated. Uh, the second they lost I got I got a ton of a ton of uh, messages it is what it is
0: uh I digress let's move on I, that's I mean hey the the haters will always hate right um all right let's talk about the divisional round games here Brad the Rams versus Packers um let's also kind of talk about it give our predictions at the same time um I, I look I think the Packers are I mean they're great offensively obviously but the Rams if they want any shot at all their defense is really going to have to step up and stop the Packers. Um, I think the Packers are going to be ready for the Rams. Um, this is Matt Lafleur versus his old, uh, his old, like you know, head coach and friend. I mean, I'm sure they're still friends, but anyways, his his old boss, really, uh, in in Sean McVay in the playoffs. So uh, could that play a factor? I think it could. Um, I don't know if it will, um, you have Aaron Rodgers, though. I think that helps, uh, helps Matt LaFleur out a whole lot, but, uh, but either way, um, yeah, I I think that, you know, Matt, um, the Rams versus Packers here, Brad, uh, I think it should be a really good game. And I, I, I mean, all four of these games are, aren't bad games. The Saturday games I think are definitely better than the, uh, than the, uh, Sunday games in my opinion, but, um, I think three of the four at least could be really, really good games. But the Rams-Packers game, Brad, um, we both went, we both went four and two last week. I'm actually going to take the Packers to win this one, though, um, and it might be pretty close, though. And the Rams could win it. Don't get me wrong. But what, what's your thoughts on the game? Then also give you your winner, and we'll uh, we'll go through the other three as well.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I had some, somebody here at the gym was like, "So who do you have winning this this weekend?" And I told the Rams and Packers and the Bills and Ravens game for me are probably the hardest two games to pick this weekend. Um, you know, I want to pick the hot hand and the Rams. Uh, I also understand the Packers seemingly have a good defense, and right now the Rams. I mean, I don't know. Cam Akers looks really good on the ground though right now, and that's that's the Packers' weak point. Um, you said you're going for the Packers. But I'm, I, th- I went on a limb last week. and went with the Rams. I'm going to pick the hot hand here, and I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I think their secondary is a lot better, uh, again, than what Green Bay has seen in the last few weeks. And uh, I'm going to pick the Rams here. But I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that Seattle game.
0: No, I, I agree with you there. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, it should be a really, really good game. Uh, Who would you say? You said you're going with the Rams, right?
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Rams.
0: Okay, upset, upset. I like it. All right, Ravens versus Bills here, Brad. Um, this is a game. The Ravens are red hot. I mean, I really thought the Ravens were going to have to face the Chiefs, though. Yeah, they um, I, I think that this could be a. I think that this really could be a toss-up game, honestly. Um, Ravens versus Bills here, Brad. I I would like to go. I mean you know, two, two very, very athletic quarterbacks, uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. Um, and in the league and in the league altogether, I think, um, should be a really good game. I think it's all about the bills defense. Can they step up and stop the running game of not only Lamar Jackson, but JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, uh, the running game of the, of the Ravens altogether. Um, and that might be the game changer for this one. Um, i man it's kind of hard for me to who i want to pick here um i i'm gonna go with the ravens though i think the ravens can get the upset here um i think lamar jackson getting that getting that playoff getting that playoff win off of his back getting that monkey off of his back um is really going to help him in this. So I think he can really just play with no stress. And I think that – I think the Ravens can win this game. in a close game, but it should be a really good game. And I'm actually looking forward to it. I think I think that's the game of the week again, really.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you with the game of the week. And I want to agree with you with the pick, the pick that you have. I, going into this, I thought maybe Baltimore, I mean, they won six straight. You saw with the Ravens – or the Titans last year. It's really the playoffs to whoever has the hot hand at the time. And right now it's the Ravens. Uh, The Bills also have a hot hand too. I I mean, I think they've done well. Uh, They have taken care of business against the Colts. It was a closer game than it needed to be. Uh, They 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 took care of Miami to make sure they weren't in the playoffs. Um, Yeah, and I I agree. I, I think the run defense is what worries me, but I think they have a better pass rush, honestly, than the Titans. And so because of that. I think being at home, having the momentum, getting some fans in there. Uh, actually, our friend at the sweat room, he was he was at the game, posted a video at the, at the Bills game, enjoyed it. Um, and I like Sean McDermott. I do not like John Harbro. And, uh, again, for the defensive reasons, I think I'm going to go with the Bills here.
0: I like it. I like, okay, all right, you got Bills, I got Ravens. We're both different here. Uh, I think, I mean um... – I, I think that it really could go either way. Uh, and I, and I would like, to, really I really, I'd like to see the bills win, but um, I'll take the Ravens to win this one. Uh, Browns versus Chiefs, Brad on Sunday. Um, this is probably my, well, I don't know if it's my least interested game, but I, I really like, I, I don't know how much of a chance I give the Browns here because I'm not saying that they can't win this game. I think if they come out and they win this game, I won't be surprised, but, Listen, they needed six turnovers to beat Big Ben and the Steelers. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they'll be lucky to get it one turnover out of him. And so, uh, and so, yeah, I, I I, just don't know if I can see the Browns winning this. I think the Chiefs can win this by um, – I, personally, I think they win it by double digits.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to take the Chiefs, and I, and I also want to be different here from you, but, uh, you know, the Chiefs have, are the first team in NFL history to win six straight games by one score or less. Um, so I, I don't know if it's really that big of a difference. Teams who have a bye going into uh, going into the divisional games tend to have a little bit more rust to take off, and you'll see that to be in the game. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here, uh, but I really I, I think the Browns are on a mission right now because no one, no absolutely no one but the city of Cleveland believes in them. Um, you know, I don't think the Chiefs have anybody stupid enough like Juju who's going to be like, yo, it's just the Browns, nameless gray faces. The Browns. Sammy, the Browns.
0: Sammy, um, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, Watkins Watkins had said something.
1: Oh, um, did he? Well, yeah,
0: I don't know. But, I mean,
1: it's, it's also like for me, as far as the Browns go, like, it's hard for me to bet against a team that has nothing to lose. Like, I think they're playing right now with the mindset we have nothing to lose. The world's against us. No one believes in us. Why not? Um, I mean the the Titans did a similar run like this last year It's a 16 seed, right? 16 yep. seed, I believe, uh, where they just. I mean
0: the brown the Browns really are like what the Titans were, but you know what? The Titans ran into the Chiefs, and uh, and so that's I think what's Brown's problem here. They're running into the Chiefs, so yeah, we you have, we both have Chiefs here, and uh, for good reason, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last game here: Buccaneers versus Saints. It's really hard to beat a team three times, Brad, and I just don't know if the Saints are. I don't know if they're playing – I don't know if they're playing well. I really don't know if they're playing good ball. Uh, It's hard – I really want to go with the Saints because – but I think it's super hard to beat a team three times. Um, And Tom Brady is just – he's different in the playoffs. Um, Well, normally. Uh, And so I'm going to go with the Buccaneers here. But I definitely – I don't feel too confident about it, but I'm going to go with the Bucs here. And yeah, I, th- I think it'd be a really good game. I a... mean, huh? I mean, Tom Brady could possibly retire, retire Drew Brees. Uh, that would be, that that would be, that'd be an interesting storyline.
1: No, I agree with that there, but um, I'm going to go with the Saints here. Look, a lot of people say, well, the the Saints had a close game with the Bears. I mean, the Bucks only beat Tyler Hennigke and Company by eight points, and so it wasn't like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just went in there and and took care of business and didn't look back. And so, uh, yes, it's hard to beat a th- team three times in a year. Uh, that's an old sports edge. It's, it's just hard to do that. Um, I'm actually going to pick the Saints here because although home and field advantage isn't home field advantage, and you know, like it us- excuse me, like it usually is, but uh, I I f- believe in the Saints defense more than the Bucks defense going into this game. I pick I pick the Saints.
0: I like it. I like it. All right, Brad, we are different on three out of the four games. So one of us is coming out on top, uh, at least, um, going into conference championship week, Brad, what is our golden point of faith?
1: Yeah. So I know at times, if you've listened all the way through on this, uh, I've been, I've, I've tried to, I've tried to be real with you guys. And so I think this is going to be another time where I'm just real with you guys. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, my sister had given us a call or yeah, given us a call and said, hey, uh, and she's had back issues forever and said, hey, uh, I, I'm gonna go in I've, I'm having some back issues. And I said, yeah, just let us know what happened. We're thinking surgery. And at one point I looked at my wife and said, I, I hope it's not cancer. And she said, why would you think that? I'm like, I mean, you just never know. hope it's not cancer. Well, last Thursday on the way to a conference I was going to, I got the call saying that my sister uh, has been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. And on Friday of this week, she's going to go in to see what stage she's at. And so it's in her liver and her bones. Usually when cancer gets that far, it's not looking good. She's 28, has two little kids, a three-year-old and a six-month-old. Uh, me and her are real close. So it hit me real hard. Um, in fact, that next morning in my quiet time, I much—I pretty much, I mean, I just kind of hit the ground and I hit the ground not with like my fist, but on my knees and just really just kinda of let God have it and, and not saying he's a terrible God but just I think frustrated in a sense of why is this happening to my family and why is this happening to my sister who's twenty eight. I mean I'm thirty one, I mean, come on now. Um I couldn't have been somebody a little older. Um I you know, and so um been fighting a lot about this. But I, I think there are some things that God really showed me over the weekend um that really spoke to me. I hope it speaks to you. It's not initially a sports analogy, although I could have gone that way. Um, but I'm just like I said, this is just one of those. I'm just gonna be trying to be transparent with you guys. So my my text is uh Psalm 13 uh five through six says but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So you're like what what's what's that to do with anything? What I'm saying is that we have to trust in the Lord We have to trust in his love. And at all times we should be rejoicing in the salvation. He's going, if you're a believer in Christ, you should be rejoicing in the salvation that he's saved us from hell once or not once we saved us from hell for one. He has also promised us eternal life. And two, we now have a relationship with God that we couldn't have before that. And so, and so because of that, I will sing to the Lord forever. So I just want to share this with you. I'm gonna share two things with you. One is a is a quote from Charles Spurgeon, famous preacher from like the 1800s. This is my dear friend. When when grief presses you to the dust, worship up there. Um, man, it couldn't be so, so it could be any truer. And then going into a really old hymn that many people know. It is well, you know. Just a background story on that. Horatio Spafford, the 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 author of this hymn, um, he lost his son in 1871, four year old, four years old. Uh, lost his business to the 1871 Chicago Great Fire. He was finally getting his business back going, and then the economic downturn hit him in 1873. And then he said, all right, I'm going to send my children, my four girls who are left, my four girls and my wife to England. And back then, they didn't have planes. They had boats. And so he puts them on a boat to England, and halfway through their ride, they collide with another vessel, and that boat sinks the vote that has his four daughters and his wife on it sinks instantly. The only one that survives was his wife. So you can imagine he gets a letter from his wife in from England that says, only I survived. I mean, come on, this guy lost his four-year-old son. He lost his business. He gets to go and loses it again. And then on top of that, he loses his four daughters. And so this is what, so the 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 story behind this, this hymn is that on his way to England to visit his grieving wife, the captain comes out and says, hey, this is where the boat sank. And I mean, he could have he threw stuff into the water. He could have screamed, why God, why me? Why am I going through this hell on earth? Why is this going on? He could have cursed God, but instead he got on his knees. He prayed at that exact spot and he wrote this song. It is well. So I'm gonna read some stanzas and then I'm just going to close this out. So, the verse three of it as well says, My sin of the bliss of the glorious thought, uh, my sin not in part but the whole is now to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord of my soul. Then he says in the later verse, He says, Oh Lord, and Lord, haste the day when the face shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend a song in the night on my soul. And then the chorus that we all well know, it says, it says, but whatever my lot, whatever my haste, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well. So despite what you're going through, whether you're know you're grieving in the madness of this country right now with what's going on in Washington, uh with the, the charging of the Capitol, whether it's you lo- you're losing a loved one, you had you it's been a year since you've seen a loved one because maybe they're in an assisted living home and you can't see them because of COVID. Maybe uh you've had a diagnosis in your family. Maybe you personally are going through something, depression, anxiety, um, maybe performance at a job. I I don't, I don't know. Uh, Marriage that's struggling. Just remember that at the end of the day, the Lord is faithful and we should be shouting claims of it is well, it is well. Now, is it easy? No, it it is hard. But at the same time we have to depend on the Lord and trust that he's going to get us through it. Like he has, Lots of other people in the in the, in the past. And it doesn't matter if it's the way we want it to or the way he has it to. It's all part of his will. He's sovereign, and he's going to make sure things happen for his good, even if we don't understand it. So again, I'm going to leave you with that quote from Spurgeon: "If grief pushes you to the dust, worship there." Amen, Brett. Welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in your comments and go rate us and give us reviews on any other podcast site you listen to. Again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.